Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we start right off by going to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we have to spend with you now, O Lord. We pray, O Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will minister to us in your own special way. Speak to us. Give us your words of wisdom. Give us your insights, O Lord God, to guide us through this message and through the balance of the day and week ahead, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just praise you, we worship you, and we adore you, Lord God, and give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, welcome. Glad you could join us here today again. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about liberty and about the way things weigh us down in life and how we should always remember that we are free. We are free indeed. Amen. And not let the burdens and the things of life just weigh us down because Proverbs 12:25 says heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. A good word makes it glad. And of course, a good word is, of course, the word of God. Okay, so we got to realize that that care and fear and sorrow uh, weighs upon our spirits, you know, and it deprives uh, us of joy and, and the incite, excitement that God would intend for us to have in life. Okay, it robs us of the excitement and joy of daily life. It robs us of the courage to do things that have to be done. You know, we have to do whatever it is we have to do. We have to work. We have to care for our families, our loved ones, and so on like that. And we, we have our, our work in the Lord to do, okay? But if we let heaviness weigh us down, then it robs us of that joy and the ability to do what God would want us to do. A good word from God, however, applied to our lives uh, by faith, a good word applied to our lives by faith will make your heart glad, make your heart happy, make your heart cheerful and give you joy in doing whatever it is that has to be done in your life, whatever that might be, okay? So a joyful word from the Lord uh, as applied to our lives, if we apply that word by faith, then it can give us the joy and the boost that we need to do what God has called us to do, whatever that is that we need to do in our lives. Having a heavy heart in, in any aspect of our lives, okay? Okay, having a heavy heart in any aspects of our lives is being in bondage. It's the same thing as being in prison. If you are in bondage from, uh, again, because of your work, because of your family, a loved one, you know, or uh, things in the community, things that are going on in life in general in the world, if we have a heavy heart uh, regarding those things and it impacts areas of our lives, then that's the same thing as us being in bondage or being in, in prison, okay? We need to make sure that we are free, okay? And knowing about Jesus Christ, of course, makes us free. With that, why don't we go to John, uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse, uh, where I want to go to, 29, okay? John 8, 29. Now would be a good time, by the way, to get your Bible if you don't already have it, okay? And then come back and join us so you can read along and know what the Word of God is saying. Amen? So John 8, verse number 29. And he that sent me is with me, meaning the Father. He, and he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. Jesus is saying that everything that Jesus did while he was on this earth during his three and a half years of ministry was based on the instructions of God the Father. 
okay? He was not acting in himself. He said that many, many times, okay? He was here following the instructions of God. So what God the Father told him to do and he carried out and the words that he gave to us were coming from the Father. So the words that we're reading here, and if you have a red letter Bible, they're written in red, meaning that Jesus is doing the talking here. He's speaking on behalf of what God the Father told him to say, okay? Uh, 29 again, and he that sent me is with me, the Father has sent hath not left me alone, for I always do uh, things that please him. As he spoke, spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews, which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Underline that if you don't already have it underlined, okay? Jesus said to the Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in Jesus' words, then you're his disciple, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay? So, saying that, Jesus saying that knowing the truth will make you free, then that means that there's an opportunity for us not to be free. Okay? And not to be free is obviously not in line with the truth of Jesus Christ. Okay? Because Jesus Christ said, knowing the truth, and you shall be free. So if we're not free of something, if we're being held in bondage by something, then that, of course, is not in line with the word of God, and it is certainly not God's will. So knowing the truth, knowing the truth shall make you free, okay? That means make you free. It's not, it's more than just setting you free, because if you've been set free, that means you're, you could be captured again. But making you free means that you are a free person. There is no recapturing unless you allow yourself to be recaptured again by letting yourself drift back in, you know, you know, uh, under the influence of the devil and those dominions and, and the dominion of, of his um, minions that would be out there trying to pull you down and trying to depress you, okay? But if you know the truth, it will indeed make you free. Okay, so we need to make sure that we know what God, what the word of God is telling us, because a good word, going back to Proverbs, heaviness in the heart of man makes, uh, makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. And this is knowing the word of God and knowing that you'll be glad and also you shall be set free, according to what Jesus just said. Okay, Jesus encouraged uh, his followers to follow his teaching. That means that he's encouraging us because we are his followers to follow his teaching, to rely on Jesus' promises and to obey his commands, okay? Uh, notwithstanding all temptations to evil, okay? And so that means that anything that's dealing with evil, to tempt us to evil, we have to know what the word of God says, what Jesus says, and also to know that Jesus said that we are free from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death. We don't have to be falling prey to that, okay? All right? When the devil comes into your life and starts making you worried about something that's going on or something that's pending, you know, and you're really worried about that and whatnot, um, th th that's a lie spawned in the pit of hell because you don't need to worry. We need to know what the Word of God says about that. We're going to read more scriptures in a bit, okay? But we have to remember that things that are worrying us in our lives, that is not God's will, you know? You know, we have to know the truth, okay? And if we can really understand the truth based on the Word of God, then that's going to make you free, free from worry, free from all of those things that are hindering you from doing whatever it is that you need to do in life, you know? Sometimes the things that used to seem so simple all of a sudden becomes a burden to us. Why is that? Because the enemy comes in and sows some seed of doubt or some seed of worry or some seed of anxiety, sows it into your mind, you know, and you don't pull that thought down right away. So that thought winds up of festering there in your mind. It festers and festers and festers. As it grows, it grows and grows. You worry more and more and more until you get to an anxious state and anxiety sets in and fear sets in. Okay? So we need to make sure that we understand what the Word of God says about it because knowing the truth 
based on the word of God will indeed make you free, make you free from that thing that is tormenting you, okay? And in so doing, uh, based on what Jesus was saying here, um, uh, uh, you, you know, he would really be, he was saying here that they would truly be his disciples, and, and by the teaching of his word and the spirit, they would learn where their hope and strength lies, okay? Your hope and your strength lies in the word of God, that's where it is. Anything that's going on, in, going on in your life right now, whatever is troubling you, okay, your hope and strength lies in the Word of God. If you're feeling weak and you're worried about something, and I mean, and worries can come on you to the point where you literally feel weak in the knees, you know, you feel like you're carrying this burden on your shoulders, okay, it can really do that, okay, but knowing the truth based on the Word of God can give you strength and can give you some hope to face whatever it is that might be going on, going on in your life. You know, especially if you've got something that's pending that's a few days off and it's a week away or whatever, or maybe the next day, maybe tomorrow or whatever, and you're thinking about it and you're worrying about it, your strength and your hope lies in the Word of God. It lies in Jesus Christ. That's where we can gather that hope and strength, you know. Jesus spoke of, of spiritual liberty, you know, or freedom, but worldly people do not feel or understand bondage or, or issues that do not directly affect their body their physical environment, or their possessions, okay? They don't understand, they have no concept of the, of, of the, the spiritual understanding of, of, of how you can be, be uh, or put into bondage and how your liberty can slowly slip away from you. They don't understand those issues. Anything that doesn't affect their physical body that they can see, taste, smell, touch, you know, or hear, or their physical environment, you know, or their possessions for that matter, they don't, anything that doesn't touch directly on those things, they have no concept of it, you know? They have no concept of being in spiritual bondage. People that do not know the Lord don't understand the word of God. They have no concept of being in spiritual bondage. All they know that their bank account has suddenly dropped, gone down, or, uh, or you, you know, you know that their house is in jeopardy, you know, declaring bankruptcy or foreclosure, you know, or sickness in the body. You know, they feel it, you know, they have, they have, they understand those things, but they have no concept of what spiritual bondage is, you see. And we Christians should know what spiritual bondage is because spiritual bondage takes away our liberty, okay? Understanding God's word in relation to the times and what goes on in the world keeps you free. Let me repeat that. Understanding God's word in relation to what's happening in the world around you and, and what is going on helps to keep you free. Okay, and I mean you you can look at you know the latest thing now you know and most of the most. Uh, forefront here is, you know, all this COVID stuff and, and, and vaccinations, etc. That's the stuff that's in the news. People are so worried that this steals their freedom and puts them in bondage, you know, okay? If you're worried about the outcome of vaccinations and not getting in whether you should be vaccinated or whether you shouldn't, should not be vaccinated, that's a choice between you, your doctor, and God. Amen. I'm not getting into all of that. All I'm just saying that that's what's out there in the news and do not let this get you to the point of being so worried that you can't function. Amen. Do not get yourself so worried that you can't function because if you let yourself get that worried, you're putting yourself in bondage. You know, your liberty has been taken away because you're basing your, your, your thoughts and your feelings and your actions on what you see on the six o'clock news or what you're reading in the newspaper or what you're seeing on the Internet. Okay, so, so you can't let the things of this world uh, uh, wind up stealing your liberty, stealing your joy, and thrusting you into bondage where that old spirit of fear is front, foremost and front line in your life. You cannot allow, allow that. Amen? Amen? We, as Christians, though we've been made free, okay, 
we can fall back into spiritual bondage, which opens the door for misery, for putting us back in the doldrums, you know, and all sorts of unhappiness from, uh, from worry. You know, we can fall back in it, we, even we as Christians, okay? okay? That's when the devil comes in and plants that old thought or plants that old seed in your mind that starts getting you so worried that you start, you know, forgetting what the Word of God says, you know. You may not out and out doubt it, but you wind up forgetting a particular scripture. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You may forget that, and then you wind up, you know, letting those doldrums and letting those worries sink back in again, okay? So we as Christians, we're not exempt from that. That's why we need to make sure that we stay in the Word of God, okay? That we are constantly studying. They're constantly praying. They're constantly letting Holy Spirit guide us, you know, in every single aspect of our lives, okay? It's so important. It's so important. Even the world recognizes that we have choices, even people in the world, you've, hold, you've heard the old expression, you know, is the glass full or is the, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? You know, how do you view life? You know, do you view life as, as being half full or do you view it as being half empty? Okay, there's always a negative spin on things that are going on in your life. Okay, just because there's a burden or a challenge that's going on there, don't look at it from the negative point of view. Okay, look at it from the positive point of view. Again, I can I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. My Lord is always with me. With me, be bold and be strong. Be of good courage, for the Lord thy God is with you. Okay, that's looking at life as being the, the glass is, is is half full instead of being half empty. Half empty is when you're looking at the negative and the and the troublesome side. How many negative Nancys do you know? You know. All of us know negative Nancy's. There's always someone in, in a, or, or, or a negative Ned, if you want to go to the male side of it, amen. A negative Nancy or a negative Ned, you know. I mean, you, you know, you, you can always look at the negative side of life, especially if you don't know the Lord, okay. And, and we all know them. I mean, you, you can say something to a person that's a positive statement and they'll say, yeah, but. You know, yeah, but so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but what if so-and-so and so-and-so, and they're looking at the negative side, whereas you may be telling them about the positive side uh, of something that's upcoming or something they're dealing with, and they say, yeah, but what about so-and-so? Well, that's the negative Ned or the negative Nancy, you know, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty, right? We as Christians always should be looking at it from the point of view that the glass is full, half full or full. Amen. Because we have the Word of God. We have Jesus Christ. We have Holy Spirit that in us, that is in us to, to, to minister to us and to speak to us, to give us advice and to, and, and to guide us every single uh, step of the way. Okay? Looking at things negatively all the time and not, not, not professing and confessing the Word of God winds up bringing on, on, uh, on, on stress. You know? you know, stress is indeed in the mind. That's where it is. It's in the mind. Stress is in the mind because according to God's word, it depends on how we choose to believe. It depends on how we choose to think and how we ultimately how we believe. So that's where the stress starts right there in the mind, you know, and that's how we need to why we need to really, really deal with it right away. Amen. So let's go to Philippians uh, four. Philippians four. And we want to start with. Verse number one, Philippians four, verse number one. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, be my dearly beloved. Underline stand fast. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast means that you stand with both feet firmly planted. You're not there wavering. You're not there, you know, doing like this and everything. Standing fast means that you've chosen a position in God. 
You've chosen a position in the Lord, in his word, and you're standing on that position. Okay? Okay, you may have heard, you know, the debaters or whatever, or anyone that's speaking on, on a given subject, they may come back and, and say, after they make a statement publicly, they'll come back, you know, maybe a day later or whatever, and they'll say, well, do you stand on what you said the day before? And, you know, do you still have that position and whatnot? Or are you still feeling the way you said you did before in yesterday's news conference or whatever? And they say, yeah, I stand on what I said before. I stand on the word. Well, that's what this is saying, that you stand fast. Okay, you, you, you're not wavering. You're not wavering on your position position as far as God is concerned, okay? You're not going to be mealy-mouthed, you know, and where your mind is, or double-minded, as the word of God speaks about, a double-minded man, okay? And you're not that. You're standing fast. It says, long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with, uh, with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. That's the one thing you can rejoice in. Rejoice in the fact that God is who he said that he is. Jesus Christ is who he said he is. Holy Spirit is who he said he is. Amen. And you can rejoice in that fact forevermore. Amen. Amen. Regardless of what is going on in your life, that is the one truth that you can rejoice in. I don't care what lies the devil is trying to tell you the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is, uh, of the fact is that the Lord is who he says he is and he is always with you. And you can rejoice in the Lord always. Verse five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Underline that, please. Verse six, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay? In other words, don't carry any cares around. Don't carry any cares. Okay? Everything by prayer and supplication, by asking, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay? You've got something going on in your, mi in your mind, in your life, in your mind. Don't carry it around as a burden. Okay? Take it to the Lord in prayer. And then thank him, by the way, for all the things that he has done in your life. Thank you for all the great and wondrous thing he has done in your life, okay? But don't care about it. Don't be worrying about it. Don't be carrying it around as a burden, okay? And then it says in verse number seven, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good, re uh, good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, okay? So in other words, don't be dwelling on the problems that you have. Think on the things that are lovely. Think on the things that are pure. Think on the things that, the fact that, that one day you'll be in heaven with the Father. Think on the fact that well, what God has done for you, okay? The way God brought you through a situation one time before, he will certainly bring you through it again. Think on these things. Do not be thinking on the things that are cares and are burdens, okay? Don't, don't dwell on them. Don't dwell on them, okay? Pull that thought down in the name of Jesus, okay? And think about the way God brought you through before. 
Remember David there before he was going to fight uh, Goliath. You know, he came, told King Saul, he says, that same way that God delivered me from the lion and the bear, God will deliver me from this Goliath, from this giant. Okay, so you think about the things that God did for you before, the way he carried you through. And that will give you the strength to understand and to carry you forward into whatever it is that may be before you now. Okay, think about those things that are good and wonderful and pure. There's so many things, you know, especially if you're a child of God, there's so many great things to be thinking about that will counter and it will stave off those uh, burdensome negative thoughts that the devil would try to uh, plant in your mind. Amen. 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 So do you choose to carry burdens? You know, do we choose to carry burdens without prayer? You know, that's another thing we do not want to do. You can't carry a burden without prayer. Go to famous uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, and 1 Peter 5, and we want to go to verse number 5, 1 Peter 5, verse number 5, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and gives grace to the humble, God resists the proud, and gives grace to the humble. That pride thing, by the way, if you have a thing where you kind of lean to lean towards being a prideful kind of person, you need to make sure that you you get that out of your system, get that out of your heart, out of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Pride has its origins right there with Lucifer when he was in heaven. Okay, that's what got him cast out. Okay, and pride goes before the fall. Scripture also says, okay, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Okay, it's one thing to feel good about the fact that you're a child of God and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that you have all the awesome power of God and the Holy Spirit within you and so forth and you can do so many things as God blesses you and touches you. But don't get puffed up in that. Don't get puffed up in the fact you know who I am and walk around with your nose in your chest, your nose in the air and your chest sticking out everything. Because without God, you're nothing. You're nothing. Without Jesus, you are nothing. You cannot whip. You cannot repel. You cannot beat any demon from hell. You cannot defeat Satan. Nothing that you, there's nothing that you can, you have no strength against those powers of darkness. It is only the power of the Holy Spirit through Christ Jesus that is in you okay, that can enable you to rebuke those things out of your life, those demons out of your lives. But by yourself, you're no match. You're no match for the devil at all, okay? Okay, so don't get all puffed up in pride thinking, I'm a child of God. And so, yes, you're a child of God. There's something to feel good about, but do not get prideful about it because that can get you into trouble, amen? For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, right? Verse number six says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the almighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. He may exalt you in due time. Everything in your life that happens is in God's perfect time. Okay? It's in God's perfect time. All right? Okay? He knows exactly what it is that he needs to do in your life. He knows when that timing is, is supposed to come to pass. All right? So all you have to do is simply rest in him. He will exalt you, will lift you up, in other words. If you've got a problem going on, there's something you're really wrestling with right now and you really feel like you're down in the doldrums and you don't know how ends are going to meet or don't, you don't know how you're going to overcome the situation, okay? God will indeed exalt you in due time. And in the meantime, while that due time, quote-unquote, is, is coming, it hasn't appeared yet, God will sustain you. God will provide for you, okay? He's Jehovah Jireh, okay? God, my provider, he will provide for you until that due time is indeed there. All right? He's not going to leave you out there just foundering in the sea, you know, you know, drowning or whatever. No way. No way. He will extend his hand to you and lift you right out of that mess. 
okay? Just keep the faith and keep on trusting him and keep on following his word, okay? And relative to the scripture, make sure there's no pride and puffiness in you, all right? Humble yourselves before under the almighty hand of God that he might may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Okay, casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. All right? You can't do this by yourself. So therefore, you have to realize that you've got to give it to God. Amen. God has some mighty broad shoulders, so to speak. Okay, God has broad shoulders. All right? He can take anything that you have to give him. And as I said the other day, he has your, your life in the palm of his hand. All you have to do is to simply just trust on him. You got a concern, a care, or whatever is bothering you, whatever is troubling you, then you cast it onto him and leave it there, as I said in one of my previous messages. Okay? Cast the care on him and then leave it there. Don't take it back. Taking back that care is you trying to do it yourself. By you trying to solve the problem by yourself, that's written when you're taking a care back. Don't do that. Give it to God and actually leave it there. Leave it there. Amen. Amen. You, you know, God knows, as I said before, God knows what's going on. Okay. But many times we as human beings and even us as Christians, we still have this natural kind of tendency to want to solve the problem and to do it ourselves. And all that does is just add more stress upon you, adds more, more burdens, you know, instead of you giving it to God and leaving it there once and for all. Okay. The word of God talks so much about us not being anxious, you know. And in last scripture, let's go to Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 6, verse number, verse number 25. And I know you know these scriptures because we've been here, we've been here many times before. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment, okay? So here you're saying, you know, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Don't be worried about your meals. I mean, not many of us here in this country actually have to worry about where our food is coming from, but it's saying it's such basic things as, as, as where your food is going to come from, um, where, where water or liquids are going to come from for you to drink, you know, or what, what kind of clothing you're going to, going to wear, you know. You know, most of us in this country and, and many parts of the world, most parts of the world today, people don't have, well, there are some parts of the world where people are indeed starving and don't have water and so forth. And we need to pray for people in those areas. But God is basically saying here, don't, don't worry about the basic things of life. Amen? Don't worry about the basic things of life, okay? And many of us do, you know? You see, he's saying that they don't worry what you're going to put on. It's not life more than meat and the body more than raiment, okay? There's more to life than just those things, all right? More, more to life. It said, Behold, verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they, they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Okay. So, so birds and so forth, they're creatures, they're creations of God. They don't worry about where their meals are going to come from or where their nests are going to be built. They simply go on and they do what they have to do, and God provides for them. And then it says there, aren't you, much more, aren't you more important to God than they are? You know, it says, so which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? 
Right? So in other words, by you worrying and whatnot, what can it do for you? You certainly, Adam, you certainly can't grow any taller, you know, you know, gee whiz, you, know, you take those thoughts and they're not going to do anything for you. By you worrying about those things, it is not going to be a plus for you, okay? It's not going to profit you anything to start worrying about those things that God is talking about, the more fundamental, basic things of life. He goes on to say in verse 28, and why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, you know, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Okay, look at the plants. Okay, the little plants in the field, they don't worry about stuff. <laughs> they don't have, have a mind or a spirit to worry. But what this is saying is that those things just grow. God takes care of them. God takes care of them. God provides the sunshine and the water for them. And he says, yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, um, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he's saying there that if God, this is Jesus doing the speaking here, if God takes care of the animals and the lilies of the field and so on like that, without any 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 thought, you know, then you're much more important than that. So why isn't God going to take care of you too? And why don't you have faith? It says, oh, you have little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you uh, have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All right? God knows everything that you need. Okay? God knows your mortgage needs to be paid. God knows your rent needs to be paid. God knows you have you need clothes on your back. You need food on the table. You need to be able to care for your family. God knows all these things, okay? He knows them all, okay? But, but as he says, there, he says, these are the things that the Gentiles worry about, the Gentiles seek, okay? He says, he says after all these things that the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, so don't be worrying about them. But what do, you, what do you need to do? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto him. Okay? So if you seek God first and carry out and do what God is telling you to do in his word, you're praying to him, you're casting your cares upon him, okay? If you seek God's kingdom first, you seek to please him, you seek to do his will, you seek to follow his word, then God will supply all of those other things for you, okay? That's our job. That's all we need to think about doing is seeking the kingdom of God. Seeking God and coming to know God and understanding God, that's all we need to worry about doing. God knows everything. That very thing that is troubling you today, that you're worried about for next week, the week ahead of you and whatnot, God knows that you have that concern. Give it to him. Cast it on him. And you can continue to seek his kingdom. In other words, you're going to, and you're saying, Heavenly Father, I have this need, and I know you know the need. Lord, please guide me. Open my eyes that I may be able to see, you know, exactly what it is that you want me to do. Let your Holy Spirit guide me. You know, I seek your guidance, Lord, but I give the burden over to you. I cast that care upon you, O oh Lord, because all I want to do is to please you and to follow your word and to, to do your will. Amen. This is seeking the kingdom of God. Okay. This is, God knows your heart too. God knows if you're genuinely giving it to him or if you're just going through the motions, you know, and just doing what the scripture says to do. But deep down inside here in your spirit, you know, in your heart of hearts, you're not really giving it all to God, that you're still worrying and you're thinking about how you can do it yourself. 
You see, you see, this is when once you start doing that, as the scripture said, the peace of God shall descend upon you. That shall so so pass your understanding. It'll just be a peace where you'll breathe and you'll relax. There'll be a peace that shall descend upon you. Do that right now. Do that right now. Cast that care on God, whatever it may be. Just take a moment. Cast that care on God. Just give it to him. And just say, Lord, I give this to you. I give it to you. I do not wish to carry it anymore. I give that care to you. I give this burden to you. And I will not carry it anymore. I give it to you and I will not take it back. I give that care to you and I trust you, Lord, because I know that you're with me. I know that Holy Spirit is in me. I know that Lord Jesus is here. I know that you will guide me to where I need to be. Lord, I give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. And taking a deep breath and sigh. And just release it. Release it to God. Give it to God once and for all. Give it to him. And let him know that you trust him. And that you will follow him. And that you will relax in him. And breathe a sigh of relief. Because God has taken the burden. God has taken the burden. Amen. 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 Seek ye first, 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for tomorrow, for tomorrow will have uh, thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't be worrying about tomorrow. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. You focus on today. Focus on today. And what you just did, you gave the burden to God. And you continue to move in that direction. Don't worry. In this, everything that we just talked about here is true liberty. Okay? That is where your liberty is. Okay? Okay? Knowing the truth shall make you free. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, please pass the link to, uh, to this site on to those that you love and care about or even someone that's giving you a hard time because God does not want them to perish either. God does, God wants them to, to, to come to know him so they too can know the truth. Amen. But pass the link on. It's www.genesis1.sermon.net. Again, that's www.genesis1.sermon.net. And when you get there, Click on the subscribe, uh, subscribe button in the upper right-hand corner there, and then you'll be notified automatically when these sermons are made available, okay? Praise God, praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you, and now let us go to prayer in closing. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We pray that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God, and keep these words deeply, deeply planted within our spirit so that they cannot be stolen away, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. O oh Lord, we praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name. You're a wondrous and an awesome God, O oh Lord God, and we love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed until we gather here again next time. And always remember that Jesus is Lord.